Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Welcome to the WSO Weekly Wrap-Up, where I talk with my team about the five most trending discussions in the Wall Street Oasis community. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Sorry about the week off last week. It is April 20th. Um, it is almost 10 a.m. Pacific. Matt, what's going on today for the for the hot topics in the forums? Uh, hot topics. Not a shocker here, Pat. We have uh, another round of layoffs happening this week. Uh, Barclays is what we're hearing uh, so far, about 100 layoffs in their investment banking division. So it looks like negative news is continuing, even with the week off. We thought things maybe might change in a few weeks, but Looks like steady as she goes. It's actually interesting, Pat. I don't know if you remember this. Barclays did do some layoffs even last year in 2022. So, um, you know, seeing a further deep in, deepening of, of cuts there is a little bit worrisome. But any yeah, this, this was there, just for IB. This was just for IB. And we know deal flow has been very, very low compared to last, last year and even lower than – obviously, 2021 was a blowout year. 2022 was a massive drop, and 2023 has been even weaker from what we're seeing. But um, – yeah, hundred hundred people get laid off in the IB division alone um, is is scary for for those out there. We haven't seen too much chatter about it um, on the forums. A few people have been like, "Hey, what have you heard?" But not too many people coming out talking about geography yet. If we do um, hear more about that, we'll we'll post uh, an update here um, on the show notes. But yeah, I'm sure it'll eventually come to the forums. It always does. So we'll we'll keep an eye out there and uh, an update next week. But let's get into a few of the cool topics that we saw this week. So. Another thing around careers breaking into investment banking specifically, we had someone in the threads talking about how what are the best ways to stand out as a rising high school student. Um, it was funny some some of the angles we saw from from replies in the threads there. Um, you know, people taking it a little bit offensively, like, "Hey, you know, you're way too too young to be even be thinking about this. Live your life." Then you have alternatively some people thinking, you know, that's that's great. You're being a little bit proactive and providing some tips. So, so Pat, what do you think? What's uh, what's the best ways if a high school student should even be thinking about this? Uh, and give it that much effort, uh, what do you think are the best ways that they, they can do well, some things to stand out? If this is truly a rising high school senior, are we talking about a middle middle schooler here, like an eighth grader? Is that I'd have to I'd have, no, I'd have to assume. Let's let's assume senior for for this. Okay, year, so like if it's a, if it's a senior and like they already are they already have their college job offer, I think yeah, it's it's it would be great to start senior year or the senior summer. Um, obviously, enjoy your life. Number one, it's you're gonna have plenty of time. Uh, once you get to college, but like I, I think given how early recruiting timelines are, if you can start senior um, summer or senior year, even um, if you're like your course loads light, you're already into a good school. Um, you know why not start kind of learning more about the industry and just trying to figure out more about like financial modeling and and that stuff. It's, it's just going to give you that much more of an advantage, especially since timelines have moved up to like you know for diversity recruiting up to freshman year for uh, accelerated recruiting into or not even accelerated for normal recruiting for junior summer internships, which is the path of least resistance to get these jobs is now in sophomore, um, sophomore year. So like you really don't have that much time to meet people. So if you're like a senior 
in high school, it's kind of like the equivalent of what being a freshman was a, a few years ago. So um doesn't mean you want to be like necessarily getting on a bunch of like networking calls as a high schooler because they'll probably people will probably like laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was gonna be my my question there, like to clarify on that. But do you think it, it, these people or like a high schooler should be focusing more on like internal development, personal development versus yeah. Like the networking, right? Because an, an initial idea that I had that just came to my head was, you know, maybe you you speak with your parents or even just family friends, see if you know any of their parents are, are in a finance based role where you can kind of get some tangible experience. I don't think it should be paid because realistically, twelfth grade, you're seventeen years old, you're not going to be providing that much value. But I think more of like an unpaid internship could be helpful if you have someone in your network um, like that. Yeah, but to be fair, we've, we've had high, we've had high schoolers in our um, our finance research analyst internship. We've had seniors doing a great job there. So like, it, and that that's like an example of an internship that can go on the resume and just just start out right away, kind of uh, ahead of the game in terms of giving you a slight leg up and branding you as a finance person. Now, it's saying I'd be a little nervous if you're already saying like investment banking or bust, like as a high schooler. Um, in the sense of like, are you really, do you really understand what the job entails? Um, I had a call with somebody yesterday um, about like work-life balance and just like the difference between like hearing about 80 hour work weeks and 90 hour work weeks and then actually living it is very different. Um, and it's different in the sense of like, as a high schooler, if you go to like a top high school and are working and doing six, seven hours of homework a night, it's still very different from being in the office and being in the real world versus like, Oh, I had sports. And then I had this, like you're moving around a lot more versus like you're staring at a screen for, you know, that long. It's, it's different. And you're like getting yeah. sleep deprived. Um, it's actually a lot of people hit their breaking point in their first year and they, but they're like, Oh, but you're getting paid so much. I'm like, yeah, but on an hourly basis, are you really getting paid that much? Um, yeah. and so that's, that's what I would caution is like, I, it's funny because I think the the career in itself, don't get me wrong, I, I obviously think it's a very nice career to have, but I, I do think it maybe gets a little bit glamorized from, you know, the the movies that come out around that, uh, around the career. So like, you know, your Wolf of Wall Street, that really got you all, a lot of young people um, chomping at the bit, wanting to get into investment banking or finance um, specifically. And it's not going to be that glamorous. You know, you got to think of the times where you're missing that party on a Friday or a Saturday, you know, you're, you're girlfriend you have cancel plans on her it's a stressful job yeah and i think the difference from schooling specifically to then actually being on on the job is really like that support net that you don't even realize is there so for instance if, especially in high school you do have a lot of resources and support built around you that you may not even see even if you think you're you know you're killing it and you're spending that seven eight hours every night doing homework and you're getting you know 95 plus score there is still a lot of support around you that you don't even realize but yeah. when you're in like an investment bank and you're in that bullpen yeah, you get that support, but you know it is very much still going to be that sink or swim. There's a lot of money involved. People whose careers are involved, people are relying on you, so it's definitely going to be much more cutthroat. Yeah, um, and that's cool. where I think the stress adds up. So it's it's to think that you know you were able to manage it when you were 17 years old, and now when you're 25, 26, um, without even going through it, I think it's you got to obviously you know like you said, don't don't be ivy or bust. Keep your options yeah, there's, open. There's a really great thread on the on the forums right now actually about a kid who just had his offer pulled um, right before they're starting, like two months before starting. It was a guy in New York at a middle market, I think. I, I don't know the firm. There was a lot of people speculating what's who, you know, who was it? Was it, you know, you know, was it Blair? Was it Stifle? Who was it? And, and um, you know, we don't know that answer. And I think people should just like, I don't know, 
they wanted him to kind of shame the firm, but I don't think that's a good idea because it could potentially call out who who it was and burn bridges. But um, I think the more interesting part where there were some veteran members coming in there and talking about how like your career is a very winding path. Like this is uh, for an early speed bump, but just one of many speed bumps that'll come. And he talked about his son who ended up like thinking he wanted to do banking and ended up actually getting an internship in, in sales and is now just crushing it there several years later, like as one of the top, you know, performers and earning, you know, loving, loving the company, loving the job um, and, yeah. and kind of building skill sets and has a path towards kind of growth there. Yeah. And and that's one thing that before we pivot to the next topic, I just wanted to chime in for me, at least it hits home yeah. where for me, you know, I, I went to business school as, you know, I never saw myself working in sales. If you were to ask me that, especially in high school or even first, second year, like I was always just, it was either S&T or IB. That's where, you know, my interests initially lied. Yeah. Um, but like you said, that, you know, that path and that winding career, so it's going to bring you into a certain spot that you're not really expecting. What I've gotten more, um, uh, what I'm more receptive of to now is understanding the idea of like skills are truly transferable. I know when you're younger, you hear that. And for at least me, it was just like in through one ear or through the other. But now I'm actually seeing how skills do transfer over roles. So I think, you know, I do value that personal development time now way more than I used to. So if there's any advice for these high schoolers, these kids that are still really young in college, university, don't just overlook the personal development. Those skills do transfer, even if you think it does or not. Um, corporate roles, you need to have a certain skill trait, whether it's an investment banking, whether you're an FP&A back office, there is certain skills to a corporate role that you need to learn. And that's going to be transferable across the board. And at the end of the day, you can make money doing a lot of things. Don't think it's I'd be your bus to make a lot of money. You'll make, if you like something, you dedicate yourself to it. You'll make money in whatever role um, you end up doing. But on to the next topic there, guys. Uh, another interesting one, all about careers in itself. Um, in the forum, someone asking about leaving a job off of your resume. And then the discussion kind of turned to, you know, what is the actual idea of a resume? Is it simply just like a highlight reel? Or is it more of like a background check? And I, and I found that interesting way to think about it because um, obviously then that poses the question, should you be leaving a job off your resume? Maybe if it wasn't a good experience or maybe not uh, a good experience to be showcasing to the role you're looking to get into now. So uh, what do you think about that, Pat? Should people be leaving jobs off the resume? Should just- Yeah, absolutely. You about, what do you it's think? a highlight reel. You're, the goal of the resume is just get the interview. But then how do you manage though not having a gap, right? Like you're going to, or, or is it you manage it by- preparing a response because you know that question is going to yeah, come Yeah, you know that question is coming. Yeah, I think that'll be the first thing asked uh, on any sort of interview. Of course, if you can minimize the gap, it's better by making it look like you, you know, having experience, a different experience maybe around a project that you did in those months or in, hopefully it's not like several year gap. If it's a several year gap, it could, you know, it's something around health or something around um, other stuff. Like it's, you're just going to have to share as much as you can to kind of get the interviewer comfortable. Um there's still a lot of, I think, stigma around certain health issues around mental health, especially. So if like it's something around there, I would be less forthcoming about it because then there's going to be uh, there's going to be judgment, unfortunately, um, around that. But if there's other stuff, like if it's you know death in the family, if it's because of uh, something else, if it's um, you know you had to move because you had to be closer to family I've, I've heard that a lot i think that's really well understood or if there's something along like layoffs like there's a ton of layoffs going right now and if it's outside your control and then there's like a six month gap there that's great now what i'd say is you don't you want to minimize that gap as much as possible so in the in the event that you're laid off or fired or whatnot 
you should try to work something out as part of the severance with that company that allows you to either stay on payroll um, at a lower rate or whatever, so that you can be searching for the job under the guise of still being still working for your previous firm for as long as possible. That's a big deal because let's say you're given like a two month head start where they're like, Hey, but we'll keep you on payroll. Let's say it's, it's April. Let's say you get fired today, April 20th, but they're like, Hey, we'll, we'll keep you on through June. You now have like a good, um, you know, what, 10 weeks to kind of start your conversations. You can be, you can be having those conversations from a, from a, from a relative position of strength and not being like, I got fired. You could be like, I'm looking, I'm exploring my opportunity. So it doesn't look as bad. And you're yeah. probably going to land a lot more interviews versus like, yeah, I was part of the layoffs and blah, blah, blah. Um, it can be I more see. like, Hey, I, I, you know, things are obviously tougher here. We're not, there's not a lot of deal flow. I'm looking to get in a better seat. Da, 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 da. And I think that allows you potentially lateral. It gives you, it gives your odds of lateraling to a, a better shop. Um, so yeah. Well, so, okay. Playing a little devil's advocate here, I mean, I understand the idea of resume being a highlight reel, yeah. but is there any negativity? Like, well, why would it be negative if you, you know, showcase an experience? And, and of course, if, if you did a terrible job in that role, then I mean, yes, you have every, you don't want to be discussing that experience. But if there was a different reason why you don't want to be showcased now in your resume, I would think maybe showing that you maybe had a time where there was a struggle or something might be a good thing if you have a good story to tell to it, because I think it'd be, foolish to think you know you hire someone that they're going to be a rock star from you from the first day you hire them to the uh, whenever they leave the organization 24 7 but likely that's not going to happen i think there's always going to be that cyclical nature even within the role of, of just your performance or overall happiness in the role so i think kind of showcasing that could be a nice angle if you have a good story to tell and how you alleviated or overcame some of those challenges and why it made it a, a poor experience or what you at least learned from that I see could be helpful in an interview, yeah, but it could. You just I guess on the flip side, careful. You have to be I guess careful. on the flip side, it's so competitive now where you don't want to shoot yourself mm -hmm. in the foot. So I see both. Uh, it's just, I um, say the only reason you leave, I mean, you put it in there. If, uh, if you can answer yes to these questions, number one, is it somewhat relevant? Is it like relevant to the job you're applying to? Are yes. there good projects or outcomes you can speak to? Like, are your bullets strong for that specific experience? Like, or was it complete bullshit? You did nothing. You learn nothing. Like if if it's like you learned very little, you did very little, and they just ended up cutting you, and so that leads like a six month gap on your resume. I almost rather have that six month gap that hopefully you can kind of massage into a four month gap, <laughs> and then yes. and I'd rather have that than like having to talk about it. Um, and you could you could mention it in the interview, be like, what happened here? Be like, I did work for a blah 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 company for a while. Um, unfortunately, like I was, you know, I my my impression of what 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 the role was and what the firm was going in didn't match up with reality um and i ended up um i ended up leaving there to go to my my next role which was at this which was a great experience and blah blah blah, blah. and yeah. so you know not talking overly negative about it um you know keeping it positive and keeping it keeping it focused on the role that you're applying for and how you think that your previous experiences will lead lead you to be a great hire for for that role makes sense i think is 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 best practice but like yeah yeah I, I guess if there's any like yeah if there's any job like and even if this thread was referring to you know a job on your resume and you could tell it's kind of like because i saw some people here talking about like the like being ethical right in terms of tailoring your resume um if of course if it's like a, a role that's like fluff and i think it's very easy to see that for another reader then yes i think you 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 avoid that have that gap and maybe talk about some mm -hmm. personal development things 
at the end of the day, these people hiring are doing, you know, hundreds of, of interviews a month. They've been probably in seat for a handful of years now. So it's pretty easy to, to cut through in CBS versus not BS. So, you know, if you think you're going to try to outsmart someone, so, you're, I've seen so many yeah. bullshit, bullshit bullets where it's, yeah, like, right. So then you're better off probably leaving it off and mm-hmm. going the angle of like, whatever, maybe you took certain courses, some, some financial modeling courses. Some people go the other way. They try to jam in every single, like, and that's what I'm saying. One page or they go, we're going to see right through that. Right. Cause if you're confident, it should be able to, yeah. My point is, it's not even that like some people go the, like a few years after a few years of work, they'll like literally have, it's like, they try to put every single award, every single thing. Stretch the margins. Yeah. (laughs) Since they were kindergartners, (laughs) they put like six point font, they jam like all this stuff in there. I'm like, that's a disaster. That shows you, you don't have the ability to present what, present yourself and know what's actually attractive to the employer. That's just the disaster is having an empty resume. Um, Yeah you know because that's the angle of how uh, how uh, how an interviewer would look at it right like you don't do a good job at taking you know all this data yeah and and putting them concisely into a into a manageable readable format right which is essentially what you'd be doing when you put together pitch decks right like idea you have all this data get it to something that's digestible and easy to read for investors or um, your clients to consider so that's where our resume review service comes in uh really well because it's it allows people to give you honest feedback they're not going to bullshit you they're in the they're in the industry they're gonna be like why is this bullet four lines long like what are you doing <laughs> like that's really like a no-no why do you have eight eight bullets on this experience you know where's your transaction experience okay you don't have transaction experience but you have you're a consultant okay let's actually make that look like transaction experience like your engagement yeah yeah make yeah that's the thing or making it i think there's certain things that you should be doing where you know you have to be quantifying certain things on your resume like what was your impact can just be analyzed xyz and yeah and compiled xyz it's as a result of analyzing xyz this was the impact to the business right Right, uh, landed two hundred million in origination or whatever that may look like, but I think yeah. that's the important part. Where that's where you get it out in the fluff. Yeah. So if you have experiences, it's fine if you're trying to pad it, but there needs to be some sort of tangible value that you provide in that role. I can't just like I said, analyze X Y Z folders. There needs to be this is the result. Um, yeah, nine out of ten resumes don't quantify enough. I've I've very rarely seen. I, but there's some where I'm like, well, okay, you got you took it a little bit too far, but it's rare. Um, yeah. usually it's usually the, it's too little. Um, and so people say, I worked on this, this types of projects. How many, like, yeah. you know, like in, in how many, you know, how many clients did you serve? Like in yeah. what capacity and in, in what are the numbers? So yeah, man, lots of improvements out there. People, people assume their answers are great in interviews, like their soft, their behavioral answers. And people assume their resumes are, are dialed in when most of the time they're not. Yeah. Um, so it's, I guess, ego uh, for you, but best to, to like they always say, leave the ego at the door. And Or no, they go to the career centers and the career centers gives them the, give them the thumbs up so they feel good about themselves and the career centers aren't actually working in the industry and have no clue. Exactly, yeah. And actually, a lot of the times I have seen, because I mean, I was I was helping out with the mentor and the and the resume stuff when I initially started off uh, yeah. four years ago, but uh, some of these people actually do the hiring for their firms, right? Or they're at least involved in the process. So a lot of times yeah. they do go through investment banking interviews, you're going to meet with the HR staff, of course, but that's sometimes even just like preliminary interviews. Yeah. Second round, third rounds are usually with VPs, associates. My buddy just did it about a month or two ago, and he met with like three associates that were going to be working under him. They just want, you know, because he was coming in the VP role. So you're even meeting like with people that you're going to be their boss. They want to see the type of person you are naturally. Yeah. And then alternatively, he was meeting with directors and MDs as well. 
Um, so at the end of the day, yeah, um, uh, there, these are the ones that are actually doing the, doing the interviews a lot of times. So the insight that they're providing is going to be much more beneficial than something yeah. from a career center. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we both agree resumes are a highlight reel, make sure, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're just putting the most re- relevant stuff, quantify it. Um, and if you do need to have a gap, by all means, that's great. Just try to spin it in a way that you're, you know, either developing personally, or there's a, a positive reason for like that but we do have uh, a free resume template uh we'll link it in the show notes for those of you that want to kind of see what it should look like design check it out guys it's free best best thing in life free (laughs) f-r-e so so take advantage guys but uh it was a great call today pat great meeting uh let's uh let's reconnect in in a week and we'll uh do it all over again and 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 nabil will be back nabil will be back from his vacation yeah so we'll be a three-man team versus uh versus two men But until then, guys, uh, all the best. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.